Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Welcome, it's Monday. It is end of the regular season, last regular season AAC game, check, last men's slash football and basketball of the AAC regular seasons, check. It is now time to get into tournament postseason time Monday, and also it is a Monday of new beginnings, day one of spring practice of Coach Scott Satterfield era. Chad Brennan was on site. And, of course, it is also another Monday after the NFL Combine with numerous Bearcats in attendance. So, without further ado, I'm going to bring in the guys, the pals, the the group, all of us here ready to talk everything Bearcats that's happened. There's a lot's happened over the last week as March Madness is waiting Without further ado, it's Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, Ryan Royer. Gentlemen, all three of you, how are we? Chad, how are we, man? Uh, I am getting video from the first day of spring ball up on YouTube. Ooh. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on notes. I'm doing a podcast. I'm uploading video. Um, you know, so, some people out there feel that I don't do enough. For the Bearcat Journal community, so I'm I'm going to that. You do not, man. Come on, dude. You you weren't the first to tweet a couple things, you know. Come on, man. But Chad, it sounds like you are busy and good. Can't wait to hear about uh, practice via the uh, spoken word here later on in the pod. But Aaron, how are we, man? The internet is back, and you are in high spirits. I'm good. I mean, we'll see how how the internet goes tonight. Uh, the 30 to 40 mile an hour sustained winds for five hours, coupled by uh, 70 mile an hour gusts of wind the other night, uh, took out some some things in the area. Uh, so, internet's been spotty at best here of late. So we'll we'll see how it goes tonight. You want to want to keep the ball on the ground, you know? 40 touches for for Michael Warren in that win. How about that, Ryan? How are we? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, just always a good time to be here. Had a good little weekend, so yeah. Let's let's get let's talk some spring ball, man. I've been itching, itch, itching to talk spring ball, basketball yeah. too, man. And also the combine. I was there on Saturday. Weird, uh, weird setting. We'll we'll dive into all of it. But of course, before we dive into it, we got to mention our good friends Danco Joe over there at Danco Auto Care and Transmission. You know, hit up Danco Joe. Check it out. If you got something going on with the car, get it fixed. You need an oil change. Get that done as well. Everything having to do with cars. I don't know anything about cars. I went in there. Danco Judd told me everything I needed to know. He could have lied to me, but, but I don't think he did. I think uh, I think he did a great job, and I know he did. That's all you got to say is uh, BCJ, BBP. Mention Chad, Aaron, Ryan, myself. Get yourself uh, $10 off the next oil change, 10% off the next fixing. But... We're going to talk first. You guys want to do basketball first, or should we should we dive right into the hot topic of football? What do you guys think? I'm good either way. I'm here. Let's do let's do basketball. Keep 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 the guys running out of the way. Keep keep the guys waiting. Let Chad have a little bit more time to put the things up and uh, and all ready for his uh, for his press conference, if you will, here on the BBP about the first practice. But basketball, man. Uh, Big win yesterday, 97 to 74 over SMU. Senior day, of course, for David DeJulius, Kalud Zikbe, Rob Finnessy. David DeJulius was the 
man, myth, and legend on the day. We'll dive into more on that. But, guys, I wanted to mention a couple things about that 97 points. It's the most points scored this season in AAC play. As a matter of fact, did you know it is the most points that the Bearcats have scored in any AAC game in the history of, the, of their time in the AAC? It was tied with numerous other games. First off, it was uh, back in the 2015-16 season. They scored 97 twice. The first one was against Tulane at home. Second one was against UConn. That was the four-overtime game in the AAC tournament. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. That was a weird <laughs> game. It, you know, they shouldn't have scored 97. They should have scored under that and won at the end of the third uh, overtime, but we, we don't talk about that. And then the last time was on another senior day. Let's see if you guys can guess it. I I, I think Chad probably knows it. It was a high-scoring senior day. Chad, did you did you walk away? Do you know it, maybe? Memphis? Memphis, 97. SK? SK, SK. Memphis. I saw, was... I saw SK, SK tweeted about it. So just uh, how yeah. special that day was uh, yesterday or today. Um, yeah. Didn't, didn't Titus score like 27 in that game? Oh, something crazy! Yes, it, 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 I just remember it. Just the rare twenty galore. point, the, the rare, the rare twenty burger from Titus. <laughs> yeah, I think it was dunks galore. I think in the, the at the end of the first half, SK hit like a you know thirty five second shot clock, dwindle it all the way down, and then bury a three in their face right before halftime. The, SK scored thirty four points in that game, so ninety seven. It is a special number. Of course, ninety seven is. Uh, the most points scored in AAC game for Wes Miller. And, of course, on top of that, it's the second – sorry, third most of the season, second most of Division One opponents. We don't talk about Chaminade. That seems like it was 10 years ago when we played the Silver Swords on opening day. But uh, a lot of points scored and a lot of – it went to none other than David DeJulius. Aaron, what a special, special day for DDJ. Yeah, I, I didn't. I expected him to have a good day. I expected it to be. Uh, I think the his over under was fifteen and a half. I I took his over. Um, oh, congrats! But he, uh, I didn't expect thirty, and I was I couldn't have been happier for him just to go out like that. Um, I think that his moment where he kind of looked like he was going to do push ups on the logo and instead leaned down and, and kissed the logo on his way out of the game might go down as maybe his most iconic moment as a Bearcat. Um, just uh, clearly a special day that meant a lot to him. And I, again, just he did everything the right way the entire time he was here, even the things that nobody knew about. And my goodness, just you couldn't be happier for a guy like that. No, absolutely not. 30 points, six assists, yet again, extending the – Nation's longest active streak of games with five or more assists, 16 straight games. So, you know, not not only did he score 30, he also had six assists in the game, which is uh, just speaks to the type of player that he is and the type of role that he's really taken on this year. And, of course, you look at the second half. He had 18 points and four assists in the second half of the game on Sunday. I, I mean, Ryan, can you think of a – a better way to go out as a senior in a more emotional way than than how David did it. I mean, there's just one thing that comes to mind. It's a blocked punt versus ECU in the wow. final game of your fifth year. 
I was wondering who was going to be the first I, to bring that up. I, I was I was shocked that Bearcat Nation weren't drawing the comparisons. Um, no, I loved it. I think that's a guy who's done his time. He's been through a lot coming from Michigan. He, I think he's really coming into his own lately at the end of the year, really stepping up with that, that, uh, veteran leadership and you want to see him get rewarded and having a moment, getting to pull him out of the game after dropping 30, breaking, breaking some ankles and just watching him kiss the sea paw. It's, it's being an alum alumni and, and loving that sea paw and, and uh, you really just root for and pull for guys you know love this university, and and just watching him kind of like cap it off like that, kissing the sea paw really really meant a lot to me. I'm sure it meant a lot to uh, all the alumni and all the fans. So I I love what he does. I love the type of person he is. I love his game. So I'm just excited for the momentum him and the team has going into this tournament, and I'm looking to looking for him to carry carry the boys, try to get us into the tourney. God, wouldn't that be nice? Is kissing the sea ball something that uh, we're going to maybe start seeing? I know Chad and Justin talked about it a little bit last night. How it, It's like a Michigan State thing. Um, you know, I think you you do see it kind of around college basketball a little bit, mainly at Michigan State, like Chad and Justin mentioned last night. I, I mean, I would be okay with – it seems like Dave took on a whole new level of just kind of intensity, emotions. He was the uh, – the, the heartbeat is what Wes – kept calling it throughout the season as, you know, the heartbeat of the team was David. I think that was kind of all of his emotions bottling up and coming out at the very end after a huge play, going and kissing the sea paw. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. If that, if that senior leader, you know, the, the guy that the fans really rally around the most, it, if they do that, I, I think Dave, sure. If he started something, then, then I'm sure every, a lot of people will carry along with it. Um, Interested to see what you thought about that, Aaron. Did you did you catch the kiss? I just brought it up. Yeah, I mean, oh, you I, yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan yeah. embellished on it, but yes, yeah. Um, yeah. no, it was. I, I I said it. Mike Down is his most iconic moment. That was how oh, I yeah, finished. Yeah. Okay. That was how I finished my statement. Uh, statement was finished, and it, yes, it it was an absolutely iconic moment. Uh, <laughs> very good. Kalu Zikbe, got to give a shout out to him. It seemed like he stepped up his game a lot after uh, it was, it was a, that, that hard foul in the first half when he went up for a dunk. And it kind of seemed like that really flipped a switch for him on his senior day. And he seems to be a guy that's that's starting to round into form at the right time heading down the stretch. Yeah. he. Uh, th- I think his thunder dunk was at late in the first, early in the second. Um uh, that that was maybe my favorite dunk of the season, and that's including Odie and Landers Nolly's dunks. Uh, it, it's certainly in the top three. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that's arguable, but I, I might have been my favorite dunk of the season because he hammered it when yeah. he went up one handed. One hundred percent. I I think that was in the second half there, but yeah, that was a yeah. thunder dunk. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I, I I've been saying it for I don't know. It feels like the last two three weeks. He's another one, not on the same level as Vic, but just another guy, another big for that matter, that it seems every time he's out there, he's elevating. Whether it's, it's, it's again, not anywhere near as drastic or dramatic as, as Vic's ascension has been this season. But this is a guy who could have given up when he was taken out of the starting lineup, was taken off the court for that matter. And instead of 
pouting or quitting the team. He worked his ass off, got back into the rotation, uh, earned the start with the seniors, and not just I don't I don't feel like that was just a, a hat tip start because he played most of the game. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, so I, I don't know. It just I think it was a true redemption story for uh, Kalu this season. And I, again, just a, a guy who did everything the right way. And that, that seems to be a, a trend here on the team this season. Yeah, because I, it's it's not too long ago that that cer- certain players, you know, you, you put hope on a little bit, Aaron. I know Chad has as well, where they pack up and yeah. leave when, you know, the second adversity hit. So Kalu, someone who stuck it out. And then Rob, mm-hmm. of course, uh, Another one he got to he got to walk on crutches, uh, you know, kind of a, a sneaky way to put the crutches away right before the the picture with his family. Oh, that was that was the move of the day. John Cunningham taking the crutches and put them putting them back behind his leg, so they, they couldn't be seen in the picture. So Rob's lasting memory of Senior Day is not standing there. Hobbled. On yeah, right. I thought that was pretty cool. Of Cunningham, Cunningham was like, "Give me those. I got that." Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one tall enough to do that, right? Right. Like no, right. no one else could have gotten away with that move. Unless they would have been up at his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, looks smart. Roberts could have did it. Rob, Roberts could have just like swallowed him, <laughs> brought him back up later. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I I mean I Rob, you gotta feel for the guy. And and you can tell when Wes talks about Rob that. He, he he definitely feels bad for him. The way that kind of, I, I mean, even even last season at IU, he struggled with injuries throughout most of that season as well. But he helped the team make it to the uh, to the tournament last season and then this year. He wanted to come back and do the same with Cincinnati, try and help him, you know, stage some sort of a magical run potentially through the tournament. But uh, yet again, injury saddled him. But good to see him go out to an ovation, and uh, you know, he's he's doing all he can from the sidelines. Um, but yeah, overall, outside of those three, what kind of stuck out to you in this game? Aaron, I'm going to go back to you because you weren't on that on the nightcap last night that kind of really highlighted things outside of just Dave's performance. The Kalu dunk was, I think, my favorite moment of the game um, with, without question. Um, outside of that, it was good to see Davenport continue to have – Good games out there as not a starter. Uh, again, just a testament to the way that these guys have accepted their new roles. Uh, that's kind of a broken record at this point. And talking about Davenport, it's been what two months now. But he just continues to thrive coming off the bench and in that spot. Um, Micah, Micah had a really good game, like a sneaky good game, I thought. Yeah. Um, just coming up when, when they needed him, both defensively and offensively, um, he just – He's been a uh, jack of all trades um, this this entire season, kind of like a Swiss Army knife. And uh, I think that he uh, he had quite a quite a season on a season that we didn't even necessarily in the off season expect him to come back for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, it, and that Kalu dunk did happen in the first half. I wanted to to, to clarify. So clarify. Were, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was end of the first. Uh, or, or the the beginning of the second there, but um, I don't. Both of those performances stuck out to me. Landers Nolly with the uh, the shoe change was entertaining at best. Um, I, I don't know that I understand why. I'm sure you guys got to it. I haven't had a chance with the internet being down to really catch any video right 
outside of the game, which I had he to said, watch on my phone. Shoe change? I had no idea. Yeah, he changed from black shoes to white shoes. Oh, oh. Late in the second half, uh, maybe maybe with about five minutes left. Probably had a blowout. Usually, that's what that where that comes from. Okay. Yeah. I had the sole rip, or just you know had had a malfunction, some kind of shoe malfunction. And had to go to the sidelines and get them changed. Well, but like, he—that's okay. usually what that is. He couldn't make okay. it to Danco and get back in time, <laughs> so he just right. had to throw on the spare to finish up. Well, the game. It, after he did that, he started missing shots, and the broadcasters were even making fun of it, uh, saying that maybe he shouldn't have done that because uh, it didn't really work. Um, but uh, and again, just Landers is one of those guys who had a hell of a season this year, and. Mm. Uh, I just can't say enough good things about that guy. Um, those are the performances that I, I really keyed on, I guess. Yeah. I I mean, that Landers Dolly birthday is 10th 20-point game of the season, five of eight from deep. I mean, if there's ever a time to to start to get your, you know, get, get in the groove would be right now heading into the you know, well, my, AAC play. Yeah. My first thought, and I don't think we've we've mentioned this, I don't think we mentioned this last night. My first thought was, man, that week off, he looked like he was fresh. Like yeah. he didn't, he didn't look like he was kind of. You get the feeling he was lumbering around a little bit. Um, just the 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 bumps and bruises of a season, and it looked right. like he felt pretty good until he broke his nose. I guess he came out of the game. I don't know if it was actually broken, but he got a bloody nose. Yeah, he got yeah, he got a bloody nose. Well, yeah, and and uh, but I I mean, still, if that's what it takes to get you back into a groove with a little bit more rest, well, then how about having another almost full week off after kind of a uh, relatively coasting type win uh, on Sunday? So I I mean, there's there's nothing better than having this sort of thing kind of line up where it's you know one game in the middle of. I, what, 12, 12 days. That's that's got to be nothing but a positive for the team. Um, yeah, I thought his his shot was on. He was feeling it. Uh, you can tell whenever he has that kind of hesitation and then pull up that he's feeling it. Turnovers are whatever they are at this point, I guess. Uh, Chad, you and uh, Justin kind of you know joked on that a little bit, but you know he made up for it a lot with his uh, made shot ability and and he was driving to the paint a lot in the second half. Had that really good layup. Uh, that was that looked like he wasn't gonna be able to get the ball off, still put it up on the rim, made it fall through. So that was fun to watch. And, and Aaron, you mentioned Micah, uh, kind of quietly 11 points, six assists, zero turnovers, three rebounds. You know, it the defenses will be amped up. You know, you got Temple, then, then you follow that up with potentially Houston. So, you know, that's those are two teams that Cincinnati has, has struggled against for the most part uh trying to, to overcome their length and their you know defensive ability so a, a steady mica will be key but i'm pumped about jeremiah as well uh you know if seven attempts knocked down three from deep four of nine from the field helped out on the glass if you can just get that steady type of you know non-hero ball appearance by by jeremiah then that's going to be another key addition heading into the AAC tournament play. Um, looks like we don't have Ryan for the time being, but Sorry, uh, there you are, Ryan. Uh, looks like hard boiled eggs. Hard boiled. Oh, not yet. 
I gotta make them for the week. I've been behind. Need to get back to my roots. <laughs> You'll slowly get back. Uh, Vic Lockin, twenty minutes, eight points, six rebounds, four four shooting. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of one of those. I don't know if it's still kind of easing back into the full groove at this point, but I feel like he's a guy that that will benefit from another week off to kind of get back up to game speed and and, and get his win back at, underneath him. Because I think that in order for the Bearcats to pull off some magic, they're going to need Big Vic to be pretty dominant down low as well. Thoughts, Chad, Ryan? Yeah, I think you're going to have – you're going to have to have Landers and Dave click in every game. And then you're going to need, you're going to need one other step up performance from either Vic, JD, Kalu. Someone has to step up and deliver and hit above their averages significantly. If they're going to go beat Houston. And that's something that, you know, we, we have one, we, whenever we've been getting close to being Houston or, or Memphis, we got, one of the one of the two, Dave or Nolly, will play decent, and then maybe Vic would chime in and have one of his better games. But we need everyone to be clicking on all cylinders if we're going to make a run at it. And I mean, Vic is still looking like you said, looking a little banged up, not getting back to his true form. But you know, I'm hoping that week off will help him because they're going to need him big. 20, 20, sorry, 20 wins on the season. If you want to get to 21, 22, 23, like you said, we need Vic. We need all hands on deck. Uh, eight time out of 10 seasons in the American with 20-plus wins. And, of course, the first time under West. Yes, last year didn't make it there. Uh, the only other time they didn't reach 20 would have been then in the COVID season where they, they didn't quite even reach – did they reach 30 games in that? No, I think there was like 25, 26 games in that season. So big hat tip. Year two for Wes. Of course, a lot of us would would like to have that tournament visit on the uh, on the resume as well. I know that's that that's the expectation for for most Bearcat fans. Um, but you know, year two, 20 wins, something to uh to look back at and and see as a, as quite an accomplishment. So um now the question is. The AAC tournament starts Friday against Temple. Now Temple was two and six down the stretch. Uh, their win, they had wins against Tulsa at home, which was is pretty much a gimme this season. And then they beat UCF at home as well. Played Tulane really well yesterday, uh, but came up short. So that sets up the four-five game at three thirty tip for the Bearcats versus Temple. Early, early thoughts on this game and uh, thoughts on the AAC tournament overall, Chad, you kind of already touched on this a little bit with Justin, but any more thoughts leading into the, uh, to the weekend that is coming up real quick, uh, 23 games to clarify uh, for the 2021 season. There you go. I mean, you know, my thoughts. Okay. Last night. All right. Well, well, the BBP listeners don't know your thoughts. How about you? How about you fill them in? Well, I think they want my practice notes first. So, um, look, I, go play well, and you got a chance. Like they've they've given Houston some trouble. Houston is clearly the better team; they're the number one team in the country. Um, but but they've given Houston enough trouble to where if you can get past Temple, 
who has obviously been a problem, uh, a thorn in their side, if you will, because they they forced Cincinnati to play at a slower pace than they want to. Um, but get past that first game and then, you know, screw it. What do you got to lose? Go try to throw a monkey wrench in uh, Houston's AAC coronation in Dallas and or Fort Worth. I got yelled at about that, Fort Worth. Uh, get out of there with a with a win and and see what you can do on Sunday. Like, is it likely? No, but we saw them go into Houston, and Houston has let teams hang around a little bit of late. Now they've always been able to deliver the knockout punch, but if you look, like even that Wichita State game uh, last week, like Wichita State was right there with ten minutes to go, and then Houston was able to pull away. Um, I don't know, like. What, what do you have to lose? Right. Dave Dave thinks they got a shot. Dave thinks they're they're playing their best ball. Yep. And I mean, really, for the first time this season, like you're not getting John and Rob back, obviously, but the team seems for what they have available, they seem healthy. Yeah. Like go go try to make a run at this thing. Burn the it, shit. Yeah, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that this team now, like Justin said, they've only had one three game winning streak all season. It's it's not it's not something that they've shown a lot of consistency in, but why not? At least in conference play, they only had one right. three game winning streak. But you know, go see what happens. Aaron, what will it take for uh magic in a bottle? Three games in three days. I think Ryan hit on it. I mean, you have to have Dave and and Landers doing exactly what they've done all year long and hitting what they do on a normal basis and then have, you know, either Vic or Dan or um, somebody has to – sure. I mean, just somebody has to have – just play out of their mind, Uh, not, not against Temple necessarily, but more so against Houston, if you're going to beat Houston. Like, to, to upset Houston. And listen, I think Houston and Memphis going toe-to-toe until Houston pulls away at the buzzer is the best thing that could have happened right before tournament play yeah. because it wore both teams down completely. But they also have a bye, which kind of negates that. So uh, it's, 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 it's an uphill battle. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. I think Cincinnati, when I took them to win uh, the tournament, was plus fifteen hundred last week. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot. Without yeah. parlaying it with anything, that's, they're not the favorite. Like, they're, they're clearly not the favorite. <laughs> no, I, uh, for me, they're third. For me, the bigger for me, the bigger thing was Memphis or Houston won. Like if if Memphis wins that game, Houston's going into the AAC tournament a little feisty. Well, and they're gonna they're, they would have at that point been trying to to solidify a number one seed. Like I think they're gonna be in like they're pretty locked into being a number one seed, right. uh, as long as they don't lose that first game on Friday. I think they're gonna be a number one seed. So even when even when the field of sixty eight puts out a tweet saying here's the brackets for the Power Six conferences. Leaving out, leaving out the the number one team in the country, and their conference. Who tweeted that out? The field of sixty eight. 
Oh gosh. Oh, Goodman's, the, Goodman's deal. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, I. So, so the third betting favorites, Aaron. You actually got them at good odds. It's it's plus twelve hundred right now. Memphis is plus five hundred. Houston is minus three twenty. So, very very heavy favorites are Houston. But you know, it, like like Chad was saying, you go in, you take care of Temple, then you're playing with house money, playing loose, nothing to lose. You you played the same Houston team pretty much four times. If you're players like you know David and Julius and and uh, Jeremiah Davenport and Odio Guama and Victor Lockin, so go out there and and just you know you had them up 15. Yes, you were knocking down three after three after three in the first half in Houston, but still you you battle with them. You've shown the resiliency to, to, to keep up with them. You're playing with house money, but uh, the the number one nightmare I'm not even going to mention. I think you guys can put two and two together is that they do pull off the magic in the uh, second round game against Houston on a Saturday. And then Sunday rolls around at three fifteen. And, and it's, it's, it's the game that no one cares about the last game before the bracket reveal. And I mean, that, that's just nightmare fuel for, for all of us involved, but a fuel that I will happily, happily fill my tank up with. Um, would you rather, would you rather have Tulane in that spot though? Or, or Memphis? Tulane. Give me, I, yeah, give me Tulane, but honestly, give me Memphis as well. I think it would feel way better to beat Memphis. We can't freaking beat them, but I'm scared of Memphis yeah. more than Tulane. Yeah, we already <laughs> beat Tulane once and should have beat them twice if Vic doesn't go down. Right. They dominate that game in New Orleans. But I'm with Ryan. How much more, how much better would it feel to beat Memphis, to, to beat Houston, beat Memphis, and then go into the tournament? My goodness. <laughs> That's what that's what Cinderella be, stories are all about. We'd be swinging. It would, it would. Heavy, heavy. I, I repeat, heavy knowledge and, and input and research would go into whoever that that five or force he would be, Northwestern or Indiana. I would be on hand immediately buy tickets wherever it is. But uh, yeah, it would be it'd be awesome. And you know, you're playing with house money. Anything can happen. Uh, just, just go out there and see see what you can do. Uh, you played all these teams, obviously, a bunch. And after this, you can kiss the AAC goodbye, roll into the uh, tournament, hopefully roll into the Big 12. But, uh, yeah, I'm just happy to say that. Uh, you know what I wanted them to do right after the game? Chad, were you at the game, uh, Aaron as well, back when they – Ryan as well, if you were. Back when they did the, the old fifth third – into the new fifth third and I believe it was Houston was, was that last game. Um, and they immediately just started taking down the banners and <laughs> taking down things right away. Like right after the last horn, it was like, all right, we're, we're renovating. I was wanting them to take down. <laughs> I was wanting them to take down the, the AAC logo and take down all of the teams that aren't AAC I think the only fear there is if there's an NIT game, you would still have some responsibilities to have that. Ah, please. If there's an you know, NIT I'm just, game. I'm just saying. I know. But if there's an NIT game, I, w- I want Big 12 all over that place. Get it Get it, Big 12 rich. I want to see even be considered a Big 12 team by that point, but it is what it is. Um, I guess the next time that we have this, it'll already be decided if, it, we're all aboard on the on on an NIT go to right. If if obviously they don't pull off the uh, the unthinkable and 
and win three games in three days. NIT is there, offered, got to take it and, and, and run with it, right? I'd be shocked if they didn't yeah. take it. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. More basketball is good basketball. Um, well, guys, anything else on on basketball? Nice and tidy there. Uh, I'm sure Dave, you and uh, – I mean, Chad, you and Dave will have more um, later on. I guess a little temple look or – Whatnot, yeah, we'll but... we'll talk a little bit Wednesday night. Still working on uh, still working on a guest. I did. I'll give you. I'll give you guys a little a little juice here. I I did have a conversation with uh, a certain Italian gentleman <laughs> that is new to the football staff. <laughs> I I informed him uh, that there was no pressure, but that the previous holder of his job was uh, a part of the team here and he was very excited about that opportunity i don't know when exactly he will be joining us for the first time but he has ensured me that it would be soon so it, you know I, I i got the chance to chat with him for a few today i love his energy really good dude uh so i'm excited to potentially, you know, kind of make us feel whole again uh, as we we build relationships in and around this new football staff. I said people think people think like I was kidding when I say that. It just takes like it takes a spring where you're out there all every day and you're just around and you can introduce yourself and you can have a conversation for a few minutes and then they they kind of figure out what you're about. And next thing you know, like you're good and, and things are flowing. I had a couple of those conversations today. So it's it's beginning. We're we're getting there, everybody. I promise. Work. It just like you can't Ryan knows you can't fake the work, right? Like you can't just pretend that you have a relationship with somebody when you don't have a relationship with somebody. You have to build the relationship, and then when you do. Good things will happen. What is Ed doing? It appears washing his, his hands. It looks like washing his hands of the AAC would be my guess. Oh, which, is, okay. which is beautiful, Ed. I I love it. But if if we have to continue the AAC next to our name, then I don't want to see I, I want to see more David and Julius. Let's win three games in three days. Talk, I hope you're there. There you go. At the tournament, <laughs> fighting Houston fans. Thank you. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Oh, that's I, clapping, Ed said. Clapping. Wa wash hands is clapping. Oh. This, like, uh, uh, what I can see says, wash hands, wash hands, wash hands, <laughs> wash hands. <laughs> wash hands, wash hands, wash hands. You know, if you own a restaurant, people Just are going go to wash joke. their hands. The joke Brent made was way better than clapping. Washing hands of the AAC. Run with it, Ed. I Aaron, I'm trying to do a transition here. I don't think I don't know if Ed's smart enough for that. I believe in you, though, Ed. If you own a business, people are going to need to wash their hands. And you know how you help them do that? With Quick Paper Supply, a local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products, to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for if you need to wash your hands. Call Nick, 513-470-2029.
reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. You know who is uh, uh, the newest client of Quick Paper Supply, Brent Young? Oh, newest client. I don't know. Martino. Plastic fried chicken. (laughs) Wow. Is now a client. What does that cost? Cross cross advertising there? I love when the family, you know, becomes stronger. When the family forges together to become one. That makes me feel good about the strength of the family. Easy, Vin Diesel. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. You know, you hear that, Marty? Get Marty on that. That's that's the B-C-J-T-E-A-M right there, baby. Gotta love that. I've never seen a a second of the Fast and Furious movies. You're not missing much, man. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and I'm there with you. I saw, like, the first couple in theaters, and that was, like, back... I I think think it was before. In theaters, I literally wanted to... Walk out of the theater. It's, it's Vin a Diesel like Vin Diesel like stomped on a parking garage and the whole thing like collapsed on itself. <laughs> like, all right, I'm out. That's my time to leave. Was that the Tokyo Drift one? I don't know. It's don't you got you got the two corniest actors of all time, him and The Rock, just in there. Just hey, there'll be no rock slander on this podcast. Having a cornball festival. Although I've never really watched any other, I don't watch many movies. So you like I, his, you like his wrestling. I, I, he was the best. Like yeah. in terms of a combination of the mic and and the wrestling and the history, all of it. Like The Rock was the best to ever do it. I think he's the goat. He liked his football career, Ryan. That's that. That's what really. Yeah, yeah that was it. Was I was big on the U back in the yeah. day. It's all about it, baby. It's all Hell about yeah. it. The, that's what our. Our boy was all about the U, bringing bringing that to Cincinnati. Want to be like the U in the nineties? That's what the Bearcats are right here. Um, but the Rock was better than Stone Cold. Ed. Okay, there we go. Stone Cold's but, number two, but the Rock's number one. Yeah, uh, you know, I, but there's no one better at riding a unicycle than Ed. That was impressive, by the way. I saw that on. on <laughs> keep, keep it up, brother. Keep it up. Um, so. Oh shit! Transitions, transitions. Uh, the U, uh, the Rock, football. Chad Brendel, football. You were on site day one. Well spring done. practice, spring football. It's here. The new era is upon us. Yeah. I want to just know broad, very broad observations because you've been at more practices than probably anyone that wasn't officially a part of the team over the past seven years. Yeah. Yeah, I have. As as you as much as you can, just from one practice, what's kind of the different approach or vibes? Uh, that I, I love it, Ed. Do, do one of these. Yeah. I mean, is that like a cheers? Uh, he, he sent he sent me a picture of whatever screen he's on with his emotes, and it, it appears to be clapping. But there's also wash hands, wash hands. I don't know, man. Chad, um, you want, you want my first, you want my first note, my first note. Yeah, ready. I don't know anyone. Yeah. <laughs> between between guys changing numbers, transfers, freshmen, I like. I work. You guys know I work really hard. I think it's important to get to a point where you have the roster memorized. 
because that way it's easier. Like you can just jot down notes. You're not like, like literally all day today. I did this. All day. <laughs> Love it. Roster. You have a roster on hand though. I'm writing my notes. Like I have to, because all I wrote and like a lot of the stuff I wrote in my notes was numbers. In so hand, could, Brent. Yeah. In That's hand, in not hand. on hand. Not on hand. Well, um, I have it on hand sometimes. You might need to. Like you might like like you're cheating on a test. You might need to write that shit. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I remember him. It was it was difficult. Like it was a challenge to like, you know, the one like especially day one, as Ryan knows, no pads. No like, pads. It's mandate mandated. You don't wear pads on day one. So you have to like Focus on the the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, the defensive backs. Like that's all day one and day two really are. Mm -hmm. And there's a brand new wide receiver room. And honestly, most of the defensive backs are new. So you just spent all day. All right, that's D Wiggins. I really like D Wiggins today. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be very very good. Uh, wait, uh, oh Donovan Ali. Donovan Ali had a pretty good day. Uh, uh, Sterling Buckhalter. Yeah, Sterling Buckhalter looks the <laughs> part. Uh, wait, wait. Who wait. the hell are these people? <laughs> these are your I new don't... wide receiver, Barry Jackson. So Barry Jackson got a little bit of run at wide receiver today in the slot. Like, literally, though, like, you, you spent almost the whole day, like, who the hell was that? I don't know him. And then you, you it gets in your brain and you trick yourself. And like Jonathan Thompson made a made a nice play, and I was like twenty two black. I don't I don't know twenty two black. Oh yeah, it's Jonathan Thompson. I know him. Who you're high I'm, on I'm, this season, by the way? I'm very high on. I love Jonathan Thompson. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I was impressed. Like I said, I was impressed by uh, D Wiggins. I was impressed by Donovan Ali. I like Jordan Young, the DB from Florida, the transferred. DJ Taylor, the Arizona State DB transfer, uh, had a pick on Brady Lichtenberg on the sidelines. That was really impressive. Um, Dorian Jones looked really good. Um, all transfers, like all guys that I, you're just like um, uh, nine. Uh, Greziak, he looks like a, a slightly stretched out version of uh, Ivan Pace. He's compact. Like oh, his size only. Uh, he's going to play outside backer, I think. Like he's going to be a stand up rush guy. Yeah, the from Utah State, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the difference between him and Ivan being Ivan's thighs were this big and Graziak's were only this big. Damn. So must be you know, hard. It's like the difference between like a large and an extra large pizza. A large <laughs> pizza, you're like, damn, that's a big pizza. And then you get the extra large, you're like, there's more. There's more. So <laughs> that's the difference. Um, so, yeah, it was just a day of, like, figuring shit out. Jawan Briggs was a defensive end. Uh, Jamal Williams, who I think uh, you would like to see, like, start to, to take that next step forward, was an outside backer, an outside rush guy. That's um, basically like the fourth down lineman, but he's just standing up. Saw him in that role some. Um 
I really like the pace of practice. Like I, I thought the pace of practice was really good. They they went, how about this, Ryan? 19 periods. That includes the first two to three periods of walkthrough and stretching. Jesus, they're lucky. Lucky mother effers. <laughs> 19 periods. Um, it was about an hour, just under two hours. It's about an hour and 55 minutes or so for practice. Uh, they gave Mitch a bullhorn. Mitch is still there? Mitch is still there. And wow. at, he wasn't like he with, wasn't he wasn't on Wisconsin material. No. <laughs> That's bullshit. So with, so with 30 seconds left in the period, Mitch gets on the bullhorn and starts shouting out instructions for where everybody's to go next. So then as soon as the horn hits, everybody's directly to their next thing. Bang, bang. There wasn't a lot of standing around. Um, I thought it was efficient. Satterfield said after practice, like, we don't practice as long as a lot of people practice, but we get as much done because we're not screwing around in between periods. I liked it. I like what I saw. Yeah, uh, that's good, being efficient during. Um, I think I, players appreciate that, right? Yeah, but what players really appreciate is winning games and being good. So I remember when we took our biggest step, not that he needs to do this. It's just like kind of like an example. When we took our biggest step, we were pre-practice 30 minutes, then stretch, and then like 23 periods. Practice was yeah. two hours and 50 minutes from the time you stepped on the field, which was overkill, and we hated it, but we got so much better as a team. And I get a little nervous, you know, sometimes when you like – like buddy, buddy, let's make practice nice and easy. Like if I'm a new staff, like I don't think it was easy. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't think it was easy. I think it was efficient. Okay, I hear you. I just want i i I want them to i I don't want them to be so worried about getting in and getting out because you know they got a Look, whole new system to put in. I want them to be you know like if they got to be out there a little longer and grinding a little bit so they can be in tune with each is, other. This is knowledge I have that you don't. Okay. I remember Tommy Tuberville practices. Yes. And those were easy. Yes. Like, it was still football practice, but it wasn't, like, you know, we used to call it Club Tuberville because the guys try to sprain an ankle, like, okay, you just get to sit out for a couple days. Instead of, like, okay, you're over here. Okay, your ankle's hurt. Well, then you're, you can be over here sitting on your ass, throwing medicine balls back and forth and working your upper body. Like, okay, what hurts? We won't use that, but we'll use everything else. Like, that's how you guys did it. The previous, like, the, the, the guys before you, it was like, I, I won't name a name, but there's a guy that started a lot of games here that's that's been on this network that, like, going into higher ground, you're like, oh, my back backs tightening up and then would miss the first week and a half of, of higher ground. And there was no recourse for that. So I didn't get, I didn't get a, an easy vibe, Ryan. I got a, this is, this is the sheet and we're going to bust our ass and get through this and do it efficiently as opposed yeah. to dragging out a two and a half hour practice just for the sake of doing it. Yeah. 
that's good then. I trust your judgment. I need to get out there and put some eyes on too, kind of just see the vibes. Yeah. I, uh, now that they practice at night. Thursday. What is their they schedule? Practice Are they three to five every day? Pretty much. I think there's one morning practice. Pretty much everything else is three to five. So if you can get out there, you know, get out, duck out of work at two thirty one day, you can get down there. <laughs> yeah. I go into work seven to three, maybe catch the back half of it. I mean, I don't know. I don't really know anyone down there. I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to have to sit my ass. You up work for hands. me. You can, you can be <laughs> there with Bearcat Journal. Like you, I pay you. You're here, right? Yeah. I'll, do you're I have a to member little, of the Bearcat Journal. Bring, team? A little, bring a little notepad. Right. Take some notes. Yeah. Like have informed Use opinions on the BBP. Yeah. I'd love that. I might have to do that. Do they want, are they Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday? It varies. Um, this week they're Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. And then spring break, and then they come back, and it kind of bounces around a little bit what days. But, you know, you, you got my number. You know where to find me. Oh, yeah. I'll be there Wednesday and Thursday. Aaron Ooh. is – got, I've got radio Wednesday and Thursday, so Aaron's got practice duty Wednesday. Big time. Come on. Come on. So if you want to come help him out, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Thank you. So it, Where my BCJ crest, man, like a like a G. Come on, you know crest. we got merch. Five one three shirts.com. Get you get you some merch. We got a quarter zip. We got a polo. We got hats. I guess it's your boss. I'm supposed to get those for you, right? <laughs> You're good. You're good. No <laughs> worries. No worries, boss man. You're good. Give him the swag. Uh, yeah. So so if a Tuberville practice was two hours long, how how many hours was Tuberville there for? Uh, well, was, <laughs> he was always there. He would just come over like like the middle of practice when they would do individuals. He would come over and talk to us. On his golf cart, right? Yeah. What a yeah, piece my... of shit. <laughs> what, when, when my I loved was... it. We got great information. Like he would just spend 40 minutes <laughs> of practice talking to the media. Yeah, my, my buddy who played the, during that time said that like, some practices they would go through the whole thing and he he wouldn't see Tuberville once, is what he said. So I did I, yeah. I, did, I had to check and make sure how accurate that was. But um, yeah, I mean it's just it's interesting. I will say Sat was Sat was a little tough to keep track of today because he was bouncing around a lot. Like he wasn't but, just and at first day it makes sense. Like he wasn't just with one group at one time. Like like he had he had bounced you know from spot to spot and was was keeping a good eye on everything. Um, I'm surprised we've gone this far without bringing it up, but Chad first day, obviously, you know, not first day that these guys have been throwing the ball around a little bit, but, uh, first day in front of, you know, media, uh, in, in a practice setting quarterbacks on hand, obviously it's fully loaded group. It was, it was a definite competition last season. What did you just see through the first day at Emory Jones, you know, Ben Bryant, Evan Prater, Brady Drogosh. I just kind of synopsis the entire group. Honestly, it was um it was hard to get a feel because they were cycling them through really quick. Yeah. So, you know, and I think that's obviously the the goal of that is to get as much on tape because you've got this week of spring ball and then you've got spring break. And then you come back for the final, you know, 11 practices in the spring game after that. I think they were just trying to, like, get as much as they could. So you never really saw a guy get to stand in there and do, like, 
you know, four, five, six snaps in a row to get a feel. Um, Emory Jones was a little inconsistent early. I think he is my day one read. And this is with knowledge of like who he was at Florida and Arizona State. His athleticism, you know, his athleticism stands out. He's probably going to be more effective or most effective in a quick hit like passing game. Mm-hmm. You know, get it out wide, get it to the backs, get it to the tight ends. Um, maybe not necessarily like standing in the pocket and, and pushing the ball down the field. Ben threw the ball really well. Uh, not a surprise. Um, Evan looked pretty much like Evan, like what we know of Evan. Um, Brady Drogosh is, is so interesting, man. Yeah. That's a big kid. And there's no wasted, you know, like um, a lot of the concern with Evan is like the loop in his uh, delivery. Right. There, wa- there wasn't any loop in Brady Drogosh's delivery. There was uh, a, a quarterback coach friend of mine that was there watching practice. And he actually came over and he's like, who's 12? Like, what year is he? And I'm like, he's a true freshman. And he's like, out of all these guys, he gets it here and out. Like, there's no, there's right. no, there's no baseball pitcher in his game. Up, bang, up, bang. Um, so yeah, he um Brady Drogish looked good, Lichtenberg looked good. He did throw uh the interception to DJ Taylor, which I thought was going out of bounds. Yeah. So I was kind of like in my notes. Good, good throw. And away. I looked up and DJ Taylor's bringing the ball back the other way. I was like, holy shit, he caught that? Like, pretty impressive from him. So I do think you're getting that cornerback room gets interesting with DJ Taylor and and um uh Jordan Jones or Jordan Young. Sorry, Jordan Young. So Drogish QB1. Got it. <laughs> Eventually, yes. Like it, he was still a freshman. He was still everything was too fast for him. But in terms of like the mechanics of it, that's that's something you have to take into account because once things slow down, the mechanics move up the list of things that are important. Um, I mean, he's he's not going to bounce after spring ball when he isn't promised the starting job. I don't believe so. And and still, and still nine months later, not have a home. When your high school head coach has a job at a D1 yeah, he, school. He, he took the kid, the, the, the quarterback he took at UAB was the next quarterback at that school. <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I had no idea. Yeah, he took the guy behind Luther Richardson. The, the guy well, that sat behind Luther Richardson. His dad's probably murdered him and buried him somewhere in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, I, I I said it today to the group of guys. I feel bad for that kid because he didn't stand a chance. Like he just he didn't stand a chance. It's unfortunate because he had the skills to be an outstanding yeah, quarterback. Absolutely. You saw it with me that Friday Night Lights, like the arm, I, the mobility. I wouldn't believe you at this point in time if I hadn't seen it myself. Just right, you would know think, now. Yeah, you would think I'm full of shit. That something was off. Yeah, but my God, the kid was just flicking it fifty yards. 
Well, well, yeah, and you remember uh, Brady was on the BBP, and he said he he looks special. He's like he's like not a lot of freshmen, let alone quarterbacks, look like that. And he is physically developed, and I guess just <laughs> not uh, developed in other areas. Parents, let your yes. children be children. Be kids, right? Right. Um, but yeah, quarterback sounds it sounds sounds good. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how much of like the competition amps up as as spring wears on because sure because sure. that, that second you know transfer portal you know window well and I think you're also going to get into a, a a segment of spring Brent where guys are going to get this guy's running with the ones right this guy's running with the twos like instead of today it was like okay everybody gets three snaps like yeah boom 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 you're out next guy's in boom 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 next guy's in I want to. I, I just. I. I need to see guys get more into a, like a flow of things that we yeah. didn't see today, which you don't expect with, um, so many new faces and you know, like I said, it's important to get as much as you can. Satterfield shied away from this question when I asked him last week, uh, and kind of hid behind like you know that we don't have pads on these first, uh, th- this first week, these first two practices. But let's be honest, they're, they're going to have the ability to sit down next week and pour over all of these practice tapes. Yeah. And evaluations are going to be made. It's inevitable. So you want to stand out these first couple of days. Oh, yeah. It's literally like it's crazy what you see. Like spring ball is just a tryout for fall camp. And – it's constant, like moving pieces around, moving guys around, see who works here, who works there. But I mean, it's every single rep. I mean, they're watching, they got film on every single rep, every single player. They're going, each coach is going down the line, like just constantly shifting um, roster depth chart, just mixing guys around. And I remember it's like, oh, like it was only like the first week we were kind of like, not really doing much. It was more laid back, but then you'd see going into week two, just like, yep. All right. Well, they must've saw something out of so-and-so. Cause he went from, he went from with the threes. Now he's mixing in with the ones. And it's just, you wouldn't believe you know how was, much they put into it. You know what it was evident, Ryan was, and you weren't there, but last year um, when, when Ivan came in, there was like, okay, like he's going to be a, kind of a luxury we'll we'll figure out like we'll use them a little bit here we'll use specialist there we feel like our linebacker room is like is set huber deshaun uh jaheem and and pony boy and then all of a sudden you had a week of spring practice where ivan was just unblockable you come back from spring break and it's like no ivan's gonna be on the field every snap Always like, yeah, like it, some guys, you just, you get that sense that like, okay, this is like, maybe we thought this was going to be his role, but yeah, his role he, is going to be. He was also 270 in the beginning of spring, right? <laughs> 260. Did you, did you see anybody like just flat? I know it's kind of like, you can't First really say so it's hard. Yeah. Um, Dorian Jones, the linebacker transfer from Louisville flashed quite a bit. Um, I'm not putting any weight on like O-line, D-line yet until they get pads on. I think that's the one 
Like you have to really have pads on those guys before you get a feel for it. Um, Dorian Jones definitely flashed a little bit. Uh, like I said, DJ Taylor and uh, Jordan Young defensively flashed a little bit. Um, we have a we have an opinion from a player on today. I put up the uh, I just tweeted out the video from D Wiggins. We talked to D Wiggins after practice today. Um, and our Australian friend, Mason Fletcher, the rake, chimed in under the video of D Wiggins and just said two words, can play. I think that's a, that, that's a, as ringing an endorsement as you can get when somebody just has two words to say about you, can play. Which so is funny I'm coming from him. About D. Wiggins. Funny coming from him, considering how much Mason doesn't like the camera. That he yeah. decided to pop in and, and make sure that his voice was heard on camera. No, 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 no. He tweeted that underneath my video. Oh, okay. I tweeted I thought, out the video. I thought you meant he popped in the video like, no, 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 oh, no, no, yeah, no, can't no. play. No, okay. I, I put up the video of D. Wiggins talking oh. after practice today, and Mason Fletcher chimed in on Twitter, can play. Okay. That makes way more sense. Yeah. But um, uh, Jamal Williams – who I like, I think everybody thinks can can be a potential guy. Like he looked, he looked a lot more natural at that stand up, like rush backer, three four. You know, he's, he's essentially a defensive end, but not really. Um, he looked good there. Um, yeah, like day one, there were a couple guys that you know catch your catch your eye. Um, I, I'm angry that I'm not going to be there Wednesday and Thursday, but I'm going to trust Aaron's eye. And I think it's good to get a an outside perspective on what jumps out at you, right? Because I like right now, we don't have preconceived notions about 70% of this roster because they're either new or they haven't played. Like they haven't got their shot yet. So I think getting as many eyes as we can on – who jumped gonna, out at you? I'm going to be writing notes, just writing numbers down and having to decode everything later on. Like, Yeah, that's what I've been doing. So bad. It's, I mean, it was uh, so hard today. It was so all of a sudden, today. All of a sudden, it's going to say, drink more Ovaltine, please. And I'm going to be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Ryan is way too young for that one. It, it, it went over my head. No idea what the hell that is. A Christmas story. Never seen a Christmas story? I've seen it, but the reference isn't isn't clicking with me. <laughs> yeah, me neither. That's he, they, he wants the decoder, and and when he finally gets the decoder through the mail, it just he he's listening to the radio to get all the numbers for the decoder, and it just says, "Drink more Ovaltine, please." It was, oh yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was an Ovaltine yeah. commercial. That's what Aaron's notes are going to look like. Wednesday, it, it'll be an Ovaltine commercial. Well, well. Speaking of drink, drinking Ovaltine, which I don't even know what it is. What is it? Is it orange juice? It's no, chocolate it's like milk. Chocolate, yeah. Chocolate milk. All right. Yoo-hoo oh. before you who. Okay, speaking of uh, this roster, well, well. First off, I want to mention. It, you know, it, it's it doesn't. It's not too crazy to hear. You know, Dorian Jones and, and D Wiggins after the press conference Coming with from that. Yeah. yeah. And especially after the press conference with Satterfield, how he mentioned those two names. And in the podcast on BCJ Pod, he mentioned those two names. So 
I imagine the familiarity with the staff and the familiarity with the kind of the way practices are run definitely will help them early on going. But it's good to hear about D Wiggins because his tape is is awesome. And uh, if he can stay healthy, healthy, it would be great to see him go there. Is is Dorian Jones in the middle, Chad, middle linebacker? That's where he looked to be, yeah. Um, but I didn't get in the weeds on that today. Again, it's just so dip, like, right. Y- your head is spinning, trying to figure out right. numbers, just yeah. numbers. Um, but that's where he looked to be. Yeah. Cause that's, that's my next question. How, how wild is it number wise? And I know they aren't pads saying number zero, Jawan Briggs and number two, Dante Corleone. Is that kind of, uh, I didn't, sight I didn't, to see? But- yeah, I mean, I didn't – I wasn't, again, paying a ton of attention to the D-line today. Right. Just just because there's no pads on. Um, I was paying – also, like, we know. Like, we know who the D-linemen are going to be. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I spent a lot of numbers, time watching – I know, but I spent a lot of time, like, watching the shuffling up front on the offensive line. Um, it looks like there's four guys that are going to be in the mix – uh, between center and the two guards, mm-hmm. uh, and then three or four guys that are going to be in the mix of tackle. So you were just kind of, I was just kind of watching like the rotation. You know, you saw uh, Gerhardt take some snaps as the first team center. Mm-hmm. You saw Trevor Radosevich, whose mustache is glorious, uh, take some snaps at first team center. When they weren't at center, uh, Gavin was at right guard. Radosevich, I believe, was at left guard when he wasn't at center. Um, and then D'Artanian Tinsley was mixing in at guard. And then, uh, obviously, Luke Kandra was mixing in at right guard, Tinsley at left guard. Um, and then you had Cam Jones and John Williams. Um, Cam Jones at right tackle, John Williams at left tackle. And then... Um, Philip Wilder, the Southeast Missouri State transfer, was mixing in a tackle as well. Um, And then Ethan Green was getting a a little bit of a look. More second and third team. Um, But, yeah, so that, like, you know, there was was seven or eight guys that were kind of flowing through on the the offensive line. So I was watching a lot of that. Yeah. you know, it's really difficult when you're far away. Right. I, I'm going to have to talk to somebody. Radosevich is 58. Gerhardt is 53. Those are not easy numbers to distinguish. Especially as those jerseys start to fade. And and as you get older. And and they roll them up, you know. <laughs> right. Like, like from across the field, a three and an eight on the back of an offensive lineman, good luck. They shouldn't be allowed to roll up the jerseys on a day when you don't even have pads on. I mean, I think Natalie Natalie's on point here. I, I showed uh, Ryan. Ryan's already giggled at it. I had it pulled up. Thirty-five on, you. on the roster is the backup punter. Still space for someone to suit up on thirty-five uh, on defense. We're working through some things right now. Okay. Are got you some, dealing with the NIL got some department? Papers I got to sign. Uh, a couple meetings I got to have, but. Just keep your keep your eyes peeled, all right. Got to enroll in some BS classes, ballet, history, yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, we were some actually interp- joking interpretive around today. dance. Yeah. yeah, we were actually joking around today about like the uh, how the schedule used to kind of bounce around a lot. 
and how the one person that that used to piss off was Pierce. Because he like he had shit to do, like he had yeah. like he had real yeah. work to do, and it would be like, all right, today we have one thirty five meetings. Uh, well, no, yeah. I, like I had something planned for that, you assholes. I know that would that would that would put a big damper in our, in our schedules because they'd be like, oh, we're doing night practice today. It's like, well, we have cal calculus class. <laughs> Me not being there wasn't as big of a deal as Alec not being there. But <laughs> the message, the message still had to be delivered, and Coach Vic was never happy. There you go. Mm-hmm. I uh, mean, is what it is. Yeah, it worked out in the end. It seems like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Running back, can we confirm Ethan Wright is fully transitioned back to running back? Yeah, that was a fun little, like, obviously, again, no pads. So, but uh, right at the beginning of practice, Miles Montgomery hit an outside zone run and popped it. And uh, Ryan, what do you think about this? He got about, it was, I think they started at the 25 or 30. He ran about 50 yards. And then instead of completing the run, they just had him once he ran past the defense and dusted everybody, like he just turned around and ran back. They didn't make him run the other 25 yards. You gotta score. You gotta take it <laughs> I all knew. the way. I knew that would be your take. You got to. If you're it's rare to break stuff like that in practice, man. You gotta take that to the house, celebrate on, on the defense. It gets everyone more into it. It's gonna make us. It would make us pissed off, get us amped Beat up, the drum. get get our asses chewed out by the by our coaching staff, and then it's go time. But yeah, uh, you got you got to you got to house that. He had a big run. Then Ethan answered with a big run. Then Corey answered with a big run. Like you could tell, those guys are kind of this. Look, this is this is a running back system. Like the, the the design of this offense is geared towards, you know, making guys uh, wildly successful if they can execute it at the running back position. So, obviously, if the you know Monty was still Monty's recovering from uh, had his foot in a boot, uh, not back yet from a from an off season surgery, but you can tell these three guys. And I asked Corey about it today. I'm like, hey man. Miles broke one early, then Ethan broke one, then you broke one. He's like, oh, yeah, we're we're all looking at each other like, you know, whoever gets that, that top spot, there's going to be probably more of a mix of guys in this system than, than Fick wanted a bell cow. You know, he wanted a number one, like, run between the tackles, inside zone, wear you down type power back. I think with the mix of, you know, they, they want to run outside zone. They also want to have inside zone, like in the playbook, you're going to see more guys being used, but these guys are like the competition level. You can tell they feel it. They definitely feel it. Yeah. I think what there Any was... bird sightings. Any what? Bird sightings. He was there. He looked, he looked a little slim, looked a little trimmed down uh, than he was, but I mean, He's in a tough spot right now. Sure. Manny Covey also in a tough spot. Like, yeah. uh, he looked a lot like Miles Montgomery did when he showed up 
where he was just a little, remember Ryan, he was a little thinner in the hips. Legs were a little skinny, a little bird leg, you know, uh, thing. Now Miles looks the part. I think Manny Covey is going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. That's a good point. It's fair. It's a good point. I, I didn't know the number. Like, they didn't do gunners today, Steve. It's the, what, what is this? It's what the is ghost this of uh, – so the ghost of Drew Donnelly is is the number one gunner still. So um, we we we're we're the number one gunner podcast in the country. Like, we love <laughs> gunners here. Well, we talked. What a joke the joke came from, Ryan. As you know, we talked a lot about special teams, and we talked a lot about like the reason that that Cincinnati's punt coverage is elite is because they're putting dudes at gunner. Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker. Yeah, that, I mean, but before that, it was. Alec Pierce and Trey Tucker. Right. And 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 Kobe was in there for the, like, like they mixed yep. in elite outside coverage and punt return. And you know, I would like to see that continue because it was a reason your your punt game was so elite. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta ask, Ryan. What about your boy? Did you hear this? What? About Mace. Oh yeah, yeah. Of special course, teams I heard. coordinator, Indianapolis Colts. That guy's going to be a special teams coordinator in the NFL for the rest of his life. You think? Wow. Yeah, he's a genius. He's a fucking. He genius. is. He is very, very good. Very good at, at spec at line and well, and especially. Scouting. Let me know if I'm wrong here, but like in the NFL, punters and kickers. One, they have their own guy. Like the special teams coordinator doesn't have to worry about yeah the the talent level of the punter and the kicker. Yeah. Unless they the, like unless they just take a guy that sucks. Yeah. Or like, you know, goes through a, a mental whatever. But so their that job is more <laughs> their job is more punt, kickoff, like coverage, returns, and that's where Mace is a fucking genius. Yep. So and that's I, the thing about the NFL. Uh, for him, like I'm, I'm so excited because a lot of guys, it's hard to like make a big impact on special teams. It's sometimes it just feels like a non-existent part of the game because there's not a lot of block punts. Right. Very conventional. Everyone does things kind of the same. So that's what I'm really excited for Mace. But like I kinda, like you're gonna get a storyline in the NFL in one of the next two or three seasons. Is going to be how do the Colts keep blocking punts and kicks? <laughs> I've because never he's talked just to him about brilliant yeah, at it. I know. I've never talked to him about like what his goal was. Like, was it to be a coordinator? Was it to be a head coach? He never really indicated. He was just always like in his little niche with like the snipers and, and specs. So, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if he wants to keep climbing the ladder. If he wants to like, I don't know what his end game is. But all I know, he's damn good at coaching specs. So we'll see how long people can hold them to that. Cause you know, when yeah. they're like, all right, you're doing this damn good of a job here. Like how pissed is Alec going to be? How pissed is Alec going to be having to go back to special teams though? <laughs> Alec, Alec broke it to me. He, he called me <laughs> on, what was that? Sunday? Yeah. Was it Saturday or Sunday? I don't know. Saturday. Saturday is going to be yeah. Yeah, he's like Mace is gonna be our our specs coach. It's like no way. So we talked for a little bit. 
And he was like, I'm trying to describe him to some of the guys on the team. They're asking. About him. <laughs> and so we were kind of like going back and forth, like giving our, our mace, our mace classifications. So <laughs> it was fun, but I was, I'm pumped. I was pumped for him. I'm still pumped now. Um, even more reason to root for the Colts. Feel so, bad for Freeman. Feel bad for Freeman. Freeman's getting kind of plucked right now. Getting man. raided, man. <laughs> um, so you know when he first got here, he was the recruiting coordinator. Oh yeah, he recruited me. Yeah. He was like, because like none of the coaches knew, knew who the hell I was. Only he really did because I was like, <laughs> he was like he knew me and like we had a good relationship. He was really good, really uh, good with my parents. So he was like my only inside source. Like, come to practice today. Like, this is when you're on the team now. Like, he was, like, the only reason I knew what was going on with being a part of the football team. So, imagine my personality meeting Mace as, like, the recruiting coordinator. <laughs> yeah. That's and a my funny first, combo. My first impression was, this is never going to work. This guy is going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I know the type of people that don't like me, and this is one of them. And <laughs> as he transitioned into, into linebackers and special teams, um, I would get, like, I would get something wrong. Like, I would say, you know, this kicker was four for five, and this kicker was three for four. And as soon as I would show up and practice the next day, He'd be like, Brendel, that guy was five for five, and the other guy was three for five. If you're going to report it, don't fuck up. <laughs> and he would just like, like give me a smirk and walk away. We ended up having an outstanding like connection, friendship. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy for him. I texted him uh, right as I heard he was getting a job. Um, He's gonna he's gonna kill it. He's yeah. going to kill it as an NFL special teams coordinator. I was shocked. Not that he doesn't deserve it. It was just like how good he did at Notre Dame. Him and Freeman are boys. Like I thought, like for sure, like he was gonna be there for at least a little longer. I was I not mean, expecting man, you that. don't have to recruit. You get to work yeah. with the best of the best. More money. Like, more money, more comfort, more security. His wife's yeah. family is all from Indy, I believe. He's from Indy too. Well, he's from Indiana. I don't think he's from Indy, right? Oh, right. Indiana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no he's he's I, from Zionsville, which is Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. His wife's from he, Indy though. And he's got he's got a he's got a kid too, and you yeah. know it's probably good to be around be around Graham. The grandparents so, like, get to like enjoy the yeah. ride. Like it's I know a great his setup dad. For him. I've met his dad multiple times. He was a member of Aircat Journal for a long time. I don't know if he still is or not, but like, he is. Um, it's like, a great family. Awesome yeah. family. I love. I know, him. Uh, I know his brother really well, and so Coach I, Mace I, is one of the best, man. He he yeah. literally like gave me every opportunity. Like, I credit him for as much fun as I had, um, and all the opportunities I got were pretty much because of him. Like he always went to bat for me, always, always helped me and guided me. So anytime I see him have success, I'm just you wanna, ecstatic for him. You want to hear my hot take? What? He should have been the DC when Freeman left. Mm. 
Yeah. I I don't really he know. He should have been DC when Freeman left. He knew it. Like, he was He's aggressive. Like, he yeah. is the closest to Freeman that they were going to hire. He's I wonder aggressive. if he wanted Attack, it. attack. You, th- you wonder if he wanted to be a defensive coordinator? I just – I don't know. That's what of I'm that saying. that defense with Sauce and Kobe and the fucking Beavers and Cook and – Hell yeah, he wanted to be the defensive coordinator. I know. I don't know. Because I think they interviewed him, right? Did yeah, I think they yeah. fucked up. I think they fucked up taking Trestle instead of Mace. I thought Mace I think it all. Pick. Yeah, it, I think everything worked out well because, like, everyone pulled their weight with Mace, Tress, and Hitchler all kind of combined really well. And that let Mason, I think, because that year Mason went, like, crazy on special teams. Like, yeah. was like balls to the wall. Not that he like was slacking in other areas, but it was just like a whole different animal. Like we were doing like extra meetings, extra extra stuff after practice, just insane scouting reports. And he was just all on his all on his shit all year. So that's what I'm expecting out of out of him and Indy. So I can't wait. Me too. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, I, we didn't plan on like having that in the show, but I know I know Royer loves Mace as much as I do. So I figured and I love Mason's it. family too. Before I started working <laughs> at BCJ, I would go to the games with Mason's family and uh, stay at the hotel with with uh, his his brother and kind of just just get to know that. So I texted his brother. I didn't text Brian. I texted his brother when when that news broke, and I was like. We were talking about how time's not real, Ryan, and it was 14 short months ago. We were all down in Dallas together is what we were talking about, which is just I know, man. You're insane to think about. Insane. Yeah. But that is what it is. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that was a tangent. Uh, are we are we done done with spring practice number one? I don't have really anything else. I mean, you can ask questions. I don't really have anything else to relate. Well, I I I guess we. I mean, we have to talk about it because it's going to make waves. Um, Was the was was Deshaun Pace interviewed after practice today? Yeah, I'm uploading it now. Okay. Uh, One one comment is kind of making its rounds. Uh, It was it was tweeted by Justin Williams just about how you know this this. Staff is letting you know they. I want to pull up the exact quote so I don't, you know, get it get it wrong here. But uh, see here, embrace the new staff. The new staff is pretty good. I like them. They're all hype. They're more for the players now. Just all around, the coaches are more for the players. They just love us. Is is the quote? Um, and you know what? The, some certain staffs are certain ways. Some coaches are certain ways. Some are more player friend, friendly. Some are more, you know, disp- disciplinary. Uh, a different tea for a different time, I guess. Um, is this a lot to do about nothing? Is this just something that the fan base is going to take off the rails? Or uh, what do you kind of just derive from Pace's initial thoughts on the new staff after one practice? Aaron Royer? No, 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 no,
<laughs> I'm being designated. Um, hey, you've been inside the walls. You get to answer yeah. the inside the wall. I'm like, this, this is your expertise. Yeah. I'm paying you um, to answer these damn questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it would be good if we could have got a follow up on like, hey, what do you mean by this? It'd be nice. But uh, what I think Deshaun's just kind of talking about is Fick and his staff were very much more on like about making you the best football player you can be and winning games. And those two are related directly. So they want to win. That's how they make their money. And they want to take, they want to make sure we're the best football players we can be so we can potentially go make some money in the NFL. And they kind of work hand in hand. And that meant that, you know, you weren't always getting like, you weren't always get, you weren't getting pampered. Some sometimes you're gonna get chewed out. Your coach Vic and your coach is gonna be on your ass with everything, and sometimes that's not fun. And practice sometimes was grueling, and you're getting screamed at, and that was just the style. And I like I was always fine with it. That's just kind of like how I how I know football and how I like it. But you know, sometimes like some guys, some guys kind of want to just like are more like gamer kind of guys. I think Deshaun's kind of like that where he can just flip the switch and in the game and just go make plays or at practice and just go make plays. And sometimes like, you know, that intensity and that detail orient oriented, just nonstop, like kind of craziness that like thick uh, kind of just cultured here at UC uh, you know, that sometimes, doesn't mesh super well with that, that, um, that style of player, but not that I think Deshaun's a bad kid. Not that I think coach Fick did was doing him wrong in any way. Nothing like that. It's just sometimes, you know, certain guys are wired certain ways and, you know, some staffs aren't going to always cater to that, but, you know, I always stand by the way I thought uh, coach Fick and that staff ran the program. Um, because I thought that was the direct reason for our success. And, you know, when Deshaun's in the NFL, um, I think, you know, he might not like here. He might not have liked how he got coached in certain ways. And they might have dogged him sometimes when he thought he didn't need to be dogged. But I think he'll be a better football player because of it. And I tell him that to his face. And I don't think he'd have a problem with it. But. You know, maybe more a more Coach Satterfield's a more lax coach than Coach Vic. And I think that does bode well with uh Deshaun's style. Um you know, but I don't think Deshaun meant any like ill will on right. The, I think he yeah. was just, you know, speaking his mind. I don't think you know, sometimes but things can tend to get, you know, misconstrued. When it's, but, yeah, when it's just words on a yeah on a paper, you can take them one way or the other. I, I'm I'm more excited about with Deshaun is this this movement of uh, position. I uh, I don't know Ryan if you've heard much about this, but it's it's going to be kind of more of like a nickel back, not the uh, group, but a position, a nickel for Deshaun, kind of like you know a, a, a third safety, if you will, that uh, they call. What is it that they call that position in there? Is the star the star position uh, in the three four group? So it's it's covering it's. Rushing the passer, it's it's a very aggressive fly all 
far over the field type uh, spot for Deshaun. I think he's going to really excel in that role. Yeah, I agree. Deshaun was always a guy that he has he has safety skill, but he just has that aggression and hit power and physicality mm-hmm. of a linebacker. That's why he fits so well at the um, at sniper. But then you had a guy like Ty Van Fossen. You just couldn't keep him off the field. Um, right. Not that like, and the, it was a good one-two punch. But I think Deshaun is a playmaker. He's dynamic. He's explosive, and putting him kind of like in that space on that island of of kind of the island of potential, big play potential um, with that kind of star style. I think he can do great with because he's athletic enough to cover. He's athletic enough to beat guys off the edge and pass rush. And he still has that block defeat and that linebacker mentality in him. That's just the style he has. So I'm thinking he's going to – not that he had a bad year, but I think he's going to have a good, like, bounce back, get back to his old kind of explosive play ways. So I'm excited for him. And maybe this new style that he seems to like a little more will help kind of, like, fit him better into this defense and make him more comfortable and – because at the end of the day, we need playmakers, and he's a playmaker. Yep. So we need we need him to step up in that regard. I I'm think big, he will. Big time excited for that. Uh, Chad has has left the scene, but uh, I guess not not much else to cover here. I guess check out the notes um, that will be posted, interviews posted. Aaron, you've got some uh, a big role to fill on on Wednesday and Thursday, my man. Like like I said, it's it's going to be decoding with numbers after everything's all said and done i'm going to be i I know ryan joked about like if he went to practice having to take a notepad but i think you pretty much have to take a notepad to write down like who's lining up at receiver who's lining up at tight end who's lining up at running back even before the snap is off before like just to see who's getting the reps and who's who's in so it's I'm going to be doing my best but oh man this is not going to be a fun one not even being able to look up and recognize anyone Right. And Chad won't be there either for you to be like, right. Chad. I'm be so, like, Justin, Justin, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> Do not leave me. The Justin's gone. Dan, Dan Horde, come over here. Fill me in. Who was that guy? Who but, are who are these people? Yeah. It'll be uh it'll be interesting for you. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean a lot to unravel, a lot to unfold. I mean, I was just you know interested to hear kind of just how the coaches ran practice and you know it. It, it is interesting hearing kind of a shortened practice, more contrite, and, and that could change throughout, you know, throughout the uh, upcoming weeks. And, you know, you, you never know. So I do want to give a quick, stay locked in here. Yeah. Do you want to give a quick shout out to any of the new parents of uh, the players who are here joining us tonight? I believe um, just based on some of the uh, follows I've, I've gotten through the episode that there, uh, there are some, some parents in here. So awesome. uh, welcome. Welcome aboard. Excited for uh, year one of the Satterfield era. Excited for Bearcat football to keep rolling in. Big 12 football rolling on in. Um, I wanted to touch real fast. If you want to timestamp this, Chad is still MIA. So uh, quick paper supply timestamp here. Sorry. I, I was, I was, my daughter was on the phone with my wife and ah. I, I had to go play dad for a minute. Uh, Quick Paper Supply, your local and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. 
They also have cleaning restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. Boom, baby. I, I wanted to touch real fast on the uh, combine. Uh, Chad, I know you were keeping up with it as much as possible on Saturday. Aaron, Ryan, I don't know if you guys were able to, to uh, peep in and, and get some looks on it or at least write about the, uh, the, the goings-on as far as that goes. I was there for Saturday uh, as, as a spectator, not as media. Kind of, kind of one of the more weird events that I've been a part of because there's no sound in the entire giant Lucas Oil drum. It's, it's just all spectators watching and uh, cheering for the, the crazy jumps of an Anthony Richardson and crazy throws of Will Levis. And Were you there by yourself? Oh no, I I'd agree with about about fifteen people there. I almost would have like had had the broadcast running on my phone with like an a earpiece. In oh, they yeah, they suggest that. Um, okay. Instead, I my hands were full, double fisting the whole time, so I couldn't have shocker had a had a third hand for for headphones. But they, they, they serve beer at the combine. Oh yeah, beer. They got this tasty weird you know seltzer thing. I was. Had about five of them, but uh, yeah, it's, you don't it need was, you don't need hands for headphones, like just to have a, an AirPod in. Yeah, but you know, and and then we randomly were sitting right behind C.J. Stroud's mom, and and they were recording her after every throw that C.J. made. It was it was pretty wild, but um, yeah. So <laughs> so obviously, take a look real quick. Uh, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. one hand was. Was a Mick Ultra. The, the other hand was a was a seltzer of some sort. And then my friends were like, "Brent, when you got up to leave, it sounded like like a drunk getting out of his car after a twelve hour road trip or something." And I was just like, "Yeah, sheesh." But anyway, um, it was it was interesting seeing both both Tyler and Trey run because we heard all about you know Tyler being you know breaking some records with his forty time. First one was not impressive at all. I think he kind of stumbled out of the gates a little bit. Uh, Pop straight up. Yeah, yeah. He, Rule he, number he one down, as yeah. a sprinter, don't be a Pop-Tart. Like, you got to drive into that. Ryan knows in training for the, the combine. All the intense training I've been doing lately, um, they told me to run with your eyes closed and yeah. never pick your head up. Just look straight at your feet the whole time and hunch your back. So you'll be seeing that with me at Pro Day, looking to run, <laughs> looking to run a sub 5'5". Five five. So just staying tight. Try hardest to look. look uh, here's what I want to know. Can you find a way to participate in Pro Day? I'm not kidding. I I could. I There's nothing stopping me. I mean, I am, I am in shape. Years removed. I'm in shape, but not in like football shape. I'm in like <laughs> no combine shape. You don't have to play football. You don't have to play I'm a not snap in combine of football. Shape. I haven't sprinted or jumped. I haven't sprinted <laughs> or jumped. And I think since the since the cotton ball. <laughs> Wait, I played hoops. I've been playing hoops. I played hoops a little bit after, but I haven't played hoops in a minute. I've just been I've been like just training and in the weight room and just running. I would just run like three miles a day, but I don't, I don't do anything else. I don't, I don't jump. You need to Natalie be wants you to tailgate sprint. before pro day. Show up drunk, 
Smell, <laughs> smell like Bud Light and tequila. Just throw up in the middle of the 40. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Steve Smith's not going to be at this one, so you'd be all right. Like He's not going to whoop yeah. your ass for making everybody making mockery of everybody showing up. No, I mean, it would be funny. I mean, I guess I could do it. There's no – I just have to put my name in. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that drunk just buzzed. Yeah, there you go. That's a good idea. Buzz pro days are not drunk pro days. Yeah, yeah. it just helps Maybe you we'll loose, the, uh, loosen up for the for the sprinting, man. You got to stay we'll loose. Get the fan toss as an official <laughs> pro day event. <laughs> yeah, see how many times I could put my head in the fan before passing out. We'll have Matt's just tossing you into the fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're Mike Tomlin would see that and just he'd be like, all right, get him over to the black hat, white hat test. Yeah, we need him. Yeah. We need him. Do you know about that? Do you know how he does that? I've heard, like, yeah, I've heard, like, I don't know the specifics, but I've heard, like, rumblings about it. So he, he goes, one of his things is just has a black hat and a white hat on the table, and he just says, pick one. That's all he says. And, He's like he he will not take someone that picks a white hat because it's a beta move. Alphas always choose the black hat, is what he says. <laughs> that's his yeah. that's his draft interview. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not gonna make a joke. <laughs> Nick Bauer says he, Nick Bauer says he's thrown up a nippert in a past life. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> Fan tossing is not an Olympic sport. Yeah. Yeah, we got some work to do. <laughs> First, we got to get the Olympics here in Cincy, and then yeah, that's not gonna. We happen. can really take off. <laughs> not gonna happen. It's almost a thing back in like. What, 90, 90, 90 couple, couple betas in this podcast. <laughs> we do have white hat guys. Brent, Brent left. <laughs> That's why Brent left. <laughs> That's good. Chad's got the Chad's got the black hat. <laughs> it's, it's my girl dad hat. Beta, a total beta. It's a oh, beta. <laughs> beta. Tonk. Get out of here. <laughs> Tonk, are you familiar with what too much information TMI stands for? <laughs> you tonks the time out for five minutes. <laughs> Aaron did that. I did not do that, Tonk. That was Aaron this time. The only person I put in time out is Ed. <laughs> Oh boy, where'd Brent go? Is he not coming back? Can we upset him. It's an alpha-only podcast. For you, the you baited him right out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's so good. So, uh, as we were mentioning the uh, the NFL Combine. Um, Did you put on your Shook Knight costume? What's going on? <laughs> What's that? Did you put on your Shook Knight costume? No. 
Why? Your your headphones look like a necklace, and just you in all black is something else. Nah, nah. Just uh, just I I had my hat, and it's just uh, it was there, and we're here. So <laughs> it was there, and we're here. <laughs> Wise Bays didn't even listen to. I had to, I had a beer in the other hand. Damn it! Counted both. <laughs> Anyway, Combine, Trey Tucker, tied for 6 4, 4 40. I, I guess you can look at all the numbers online. Second pass is 10-yard split. 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 Uh, split. Yeah, that would split. explain the slow times he had a split on. Brent's off the rails right now. <laughs> Tyler Scott had a tie for fifth out of wide receivers, 39 and a half. Bert, uh, I'll be interested to see how much they do on uh, on the pro day. So. It'd be interesting as they get out there. Probably want to improve on this on the forty time. Uh, definitely, Tyler Scott will probably want to. But JD, I had more than a Mick. Old- Damn it! All right, whatever. I agree. I agree. I agree. It isn't I'm trying to slim down. Um, but yeah. So, uh, anything else you guys saw from from the NFL Combine? I mean, we already did the timestamp, like. Didn't we? Is that what I did a timestamp for? I didn't listen for like seven minutes. Uh, we we did the timestamp for spring practice, not on the combine. Oh, sorry. All right. So, to, so that means I have to timestamp again. Uh, uh, okay. On. Okay. Let's yeah. We'll move on. Sure. Brent is shook. He is shook. Shambles. Shambles. <laughs> it's like Samson with the hair. You take away his take away his white hat and he loses all his strength and power. I was yeah, trying to talk about Brent the combine. Needs, you guys had nothing to say. Brent needs a 30. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. My wife was on the phone. Oh, I had no, to go I, chat for a few minutes. Oh, you, you, you're good. You're back. My bad. <laughs> Does Quick Paper Supply sell Red Solo Cups? Red Solo Pro Day. <laughs> Royer's going to do a Beer Olympics for his Pro Day. What if, what if, right outside the Pro Day, we have Royer do a Beer Olympics instead? Just me, just me getting like absolutely like sauced outside. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that would just be so. Oh my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> the new staff like, me just the- like you just what have like a mini doing? keg <laughs> you gotta do the eye, ba- eye black like the paint like the whole nine yards oh if I did the eye black for pro day that would be <laughs> <laughs> god I would make myself even nerds. more of a meme if that was even possible but oh it would be such great content Royer <laughs> But the whole time I have to be like super serious, like try to take yeah. interviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll <laughs> see if teams will come up and talk to you. Yep. <laughs> like we were looking for someone for a mascot. Uh, and you would, yeah. <laughs> Outstanding. I love it. I love it. All right, should we go to the mailbag now or do we have anything else? Right. Brent, you host this fucking podcast. Let's go. 
I I said yes. Let's go to the mailbag. <laughs> Aaron. Well, there is only one question in the football portion of the mailbag, uh, so we will start there. And that question is. Do you guys believe that next year's leading receiver is on the roster yet? Uh, yeah. I saw some interesting candidates for that that spot today. Are you speaking so, to Wiggins? I have no idea. I don't even know. I'd have to go see it with my own eyes. Um, there is a second one that just showed up that you didn't get to, Aaron. I, I, I uh, actually just I just created the uh, the banner for it. So okay, yeah. Um, Wiggins would would probably be the pick by just by him being the first from day Wiggins. one. Sure, I yeah. mean Dorian Jones, I I think is going to be uh, interesting. Not is a last name, Jones. Not Jones. No, I meant uh, down and Ollie. Ollie, yeah, Ollie. Down and Ollie, yeah. Okay, um, you're not silenced anymore, Tonk. You're good. Um, the other question that just came in since we have been recording: um, Who's running back one for 2023? What's everyone's pick for quarterback? What's everyone's thoughts on the new O-line? And do you believe it's been upgraded? Thanks, fellas. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like I I'm gonna go with my guy. Like I'm a Miles Montgomery guy. I have been for a year and a half now. I, I think he has the potential to be special. I'm gonna go with Miles. I know Corey is gonna be very good. I, I know uh Ethan Wright is gonna be very good in this system. But I, I just feel like outside zone is something that really, really leans into what Miles does best. So I'm going to go Miles, but those three at the top, I think, all have a chance, depending on health and, you know, all the things that are important. Didn't Ryan um, come back too? Yeah, he can. I, but I'll talk about him when I see him in the offense. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think uh, a lot of credence goes to the – the graphic that was posted. Obviously, you can't lean all the way into that, but I mean, it was a graphic featuring one player and one player only for the for the spring game, and that was Miles Montgomery. And then you see the Iron Bearcats were all named for the offseason, and yet again, there there was Miles Montgomery, uh, Ethan Wright as well. But I I think Miles makes a strong case. Corey Kiner as well. What you got? Ryan? It's gonna be a fun running back room. I if you include. Monty, I lo- I think Monty's been our best overall back, uh, just in terms We're of breaking, yeah, breaking tackles. Just I think I don't know. He really impressed me last year, and but moving forward, Miles does have that quickness more than all those other guys. But I do think Corey has the most potential, so I think mine between. I think mine's between Corey and. And miles, I, but I'd have I'd I'm, have to go I'd have to go watch. I'm just not going to count out Ethan, man. That kid runs hard. Ethan, so, right? He, he runs like he's trying to get home from Lubbock. He runs like he's trying to get home from Lubbock, hard. All four, all four of those guys. Keep and an then eye. Manny Kobe. 
and Stephen Bird, like, you know, there, there's a couple young guys that that's a low, like, that's a, a really talented room. So all six are running back one. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I gave my answer for running back one. And I just I think it's a really talented room. I was just making the joke. Uh, any, any, any picks for quarterback? Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you since you finished with the running backs. I think they're going to give Emory Jones every reason to be the starter, but I don't think people should count Ben Bryan out. I think Ben is going to scratch and claw, and I think his arm talent is really going to give him a shot. Um, I don't know, though. Um, Here's the thing I would say, Ryan. I think it's a sign for Ben that day one of spring ball, he's out going one-on-one and seven-on-seven. Yeah, you said it's a great sign. Yeah, a great sign. So it's making me wonder. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to pick his brain. Like, what has he been doing that's sticking out that much more than Emery? Because I mean, you don't bring a guy in and pay him whatever the hell they paid him to be here just so he could be number two when he's been number one everywhere else. So, sure. What you got, Brent? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's Emery. Um, not not really brought in to to uh, I mean I guess it's a competition, if you will. Uh, but I think Emory Jones, like like Ryan said, will have every reason to to lose it or just seize it. So I think he just fits the most in terms of like they want a guy that can can run in their outside zone offense. Like they they want a quarterback that can they can move. But again. Ben's a resilient dude, man. He won't die. Like, like the whole thought process was two months ago that there's no way that Ben's ready for spring, like able to do enough in the spring to really give himself a chance going into the summer if he's if he's here. And day one, Ben's out there, you know, letting loose heaters. Uh, to in, in, at least in one on one on seven on seven, so I, I'm not going to count that out. The new line day one, man. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the interior with Radosevich and Kandra added. Uh, I don't know how they aren't improved over the offensive line that that lost. You know, you're starting All American candidate center like the week of the season. So um, I think the interior will be better. The question is tackle. The bigger question is, do they feel comfortable at the end of spring with what they have at tackle? Or do they feel like they need to go get one in the portal, you know, two months from now? That's going to be interesting. I, but I don't All have right. that answer yet. If we get to, like, if we get to, you know, the week after spring break and they've got the pads on and the defense is just kicking the offensive line's ass. Which is normal. Which normal. is normal, but yeah. it's going to raise more questions. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, think about, you got fucking the godfather, Jawan Briggs, Eric Phillips. Malik Rand. They're uh, Malik, fuck. I forgot about him. I mean, they're gonna, they're, they're, they should, and they will have their way with these guys. They were gonna have their way with 
with Renfro probably. Renfro couldn't handle Corleone and Briggs and all those guys. It would just be a nightmare. Right. Or on Wisconsin. All right. Um, Moving on to the basketball portion of the mailbag. This one slipped into the football mailbag, but I got it in its place. Something earth-shattering. Just kidding. Too soon to swoon over a four-position player coming. How tight is UC with Flory McKinley? Coach Wes Miller cannot let McKinley go to X or get out of town, period. Beat them owls. Uh, They're as tight with Flory and Tyler McKinley as you can get. So, like, I, I don't know what else. They have put in all of the necessary work. They have all the necessary connections. Go close the deal. Get it done. <laughs> all right. Uh, looking back, did it make sense to have eight seniors on the roster during a rebuilding season, or did Wes think that this should have been a tournament team? Uh, you try to win games. That's your job as a coach. They did what they felt was best to try to win games this year while also having an eye on the future. And the seniors thing is disingenuous Four starting the season. And now five of those players have an option to play next year. That's not like, that's not when you, when you, when you, when you say eight seniors, that means you have eight guys that aren't going to be available next year. That you have eight guys on the roster that were, were moving on. You don't have eight the scholarships state. available next year. Right. Like that's they might only have three. Depending on how things play out, they might only have three. So that's 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 bait. You you're right, Natalie. You're right. It's fine. Sometimes this this happens in the mailbag. That's bait. It's bait. All right. Uh <clears throat> Chad, how well do you think Wes has a handle on the portal versus last year? I would think he has a much better understanding and already has at least a couple of players singled out. I'm, I'm I'm on the page. I don't know what to tell you. This Maybe this is last week's questions. My internet's been broken. I don't know what to tell you. These are definitely last week's questions. Um, okay. I got it. Hold that thought it. then. No, these are yeah. this week's questions. What? Oh no 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 no, Aaron. Yeah, they I was. I had your. I had the, the basketball mailbag. I did mess. I've never messed up. This is the first time, like this. Yeah, it, you're all right. You're all right. First for everything. Uh, AC Mazzaro asks. Yesterday was a special game to attend. It felt like the vibes Miller has been selling really popped across the board from your experience in media or in Ryan's case as a player. Have you encountered many coaches who seem to get in the ways Wes Miller does? Get it in the ways. I'm sorry. Get it in the ways Wes Miller does. I, I don't know how Wes Miller gets it. So. <laughs> um, I think it's important to not only to like, to be a player a former player in that regard, but also to be a former player in the ways that, that Wes, like he was a walk on, he became a starter. Then uh, North Carolina recruited Ty Lawson. 
He became a backup. Like <clears throat> they won a national championship. I, I think Wes just has a special understanding of team. I think Ryan, based on what that group went through, has a special understanding of team. Would you would you agree, Ryan? Like what it means to like like relate to players and to like speak to them on a personal level. Yes. I uh I think, you know, being a walk-on, you kind of really got to scrap through and have a different kind of mentality about being a part of something and being part of a really good team too. Um that's a big deal. Cause it's one thing being a walk on, on like, you know, like a shitty team where there's shitty energy, shitty coaching, but to kind of like even more when you're on like a really good team, there's times where you could even get thrown to the side even more. Cause I mean, shit can just be humming and you know, they got the be- some of the best football being played by your guy, like your starters. And I didn't know that about Wes um, for him to, earn the starting spot than having it taken away from them. Um, but well, still, they recruited like an elite, like an yeah. elite player. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously it's not like surprising, but right. just like having that pedigree and having that experience, I think carries so much weight. And, you know, that's the kind of guy you want um, leading your, leading your program. Yeah. I do find myself oftentimes in, in my friend groups and whatnot just saying that that Wes Miller gets it, you know, and, you know, what gets it truly means, I think, varies for, for fans and players and media and, and all different people that really look at it. But I, I, I think that it's very true. Um, his press conferences are special. His He's just got so many things that that really feel like – things are heading towards the right direction. And um, it's, it's, it's that sort of feeling that really makes, makes it seem like he does get it and that the players are buying in and everyone's bought in and, and that he is making the, the right moves in order to continue on that trajectory. So I agree. All right. Uh, Groundhog's day follow-up question from last week. Now that we have drummed SMU and snagged our 20th win, what needs to happen in the next three weeks to create an exceeds expectations grade for this team for the 22-23 season? A, do we have to win? The answer changes. Why, why do we have to ask? keep asking the same question over and over when the answer doesn't change? Go ahead. Sorry. A, do we have to win the AAC Conference Tournament and get to 23 wins and a dance invitation in order to get to an exceeds expectations grade? B, can we win one or two games in the AAC Tournament? tournament and get an NIT bid, then win one or two games in the NIT and get to 23 wins and receive an exceeds expectations grade, or C, is there no realistic way to receive an exceeds expectations grade? If you beat Houston, you win the AAC tournament, and you make the NCAA tournament, that's exceeding expectations. You no finally got it. You finally got over the hump. You, you won the game. You needed to win the big game, right? Right. Nobody had this team in the NCAA tournament coming into the year. Except Aaron. Aaron had there was a five seed with John Newman, but <laughs> but going into this season, nobody was like, "This is a tournament team, right?" Like, hopefully, a bubble team. If all everything goes right and they play really well, hopefully, a bubble team. 
but probably uh you know uh an IT level team. That's where they're at. I guess I guess the question the only the only thing if they make the NIT and win the NIT, do you consider that exceeding expectations? No, I really don't. I, it's the NIT. I, like, I think, no I think it's it, like good for you. I think it depends on who you beat in the NIT. I don't think it matters. If you're beating a Big 12 team somewhere in there, I think that might mean something. Well, it might be the ni- like ninth or 10th place Big 12 team because the other eight are going to make the tournament. I'm, I'm just saying, I think it depends on who you beat in that tournament. I don't. Like, I make the NIT. I don't think there's any, like, did anybody say before the season, like, this team needs to go go make the NIT Final Four? I don't, I don't it's not going to necessarily go to exceed this expectations, I guess. I don't know. I mean, you, you, win, a, you win a tournament, though, and, and that's still more than what I think we expected. We don't talk about. Yeah, the I feel great for the guys. I just don't think I would walk away being like, you don't feel. Man. That's not. It's not what you wanted necessarily, as far as like that was what your hopes and dreams were. But we don't talk about the nit because it's not listed in the. It doesn't in the matter. Sure, that's fine. But I, I guess if you win the whole damn thing, I think that's worth something. I don't know that it necessarily the momentum changes. that comes from it. Yeah, sure. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily change you from exceeds expectations, like from. From just at expectations to exceeds expectations, right. but I, I think that there's you can hang your hat on a, a pretty good season at that point. I guess I guess here's the real question going in: Does beating Houston and making the American Athletic Conference Finals equate to exceeding expectations? Especially no. since right now Houston is number one. Are are we talking about just in the AAC tournament? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, does beating Houston and making the finals put this team in a position where they have exceeded expectations this season for the no. entire season? No, I think you got to make the tournament. Um, that's yeah, that's, that's my expectation before the season was make the tournament. I think it's West. Your expectation for this team was make the tournament. Yes, I, I, I said that they were going to wow. be a tournament team before the season. Okay, well, that's um, that says more about you than it does the team. I disagree. I think I think you asked Wes. I think he <laughs> he would forecast that same thing. I think I think sure. a lot of fans. That's a coach's there, job. I think a lot of I, fans. The team I I agree with Brent. I thought they were gonna. I mean, yeah, they got plagued by some injuries, but I thought they had the guys to to do I mean, a little bit better. I thought this was an NIT level team. This was yeah. a team that was going to win 20, 21, 22 games, and and. Hopefully, be more on the bubble than they were because right. they didn't really force their way up to the bubble. But I thought at best this was a bubble team. And you got to go back and listen to the preview, preview pods because because I think we were all people a little have. higher on them. You know, people uh, have 21, 22 10 wins, be on the bubble with a chance to like be in the conversation for the tournament, not in the tournament, in the conversation for the tournament. But in order to do that, you needed to beat an Arizona or an Ohio State so, or a Houston the sure. or right, a Memphis. Yeah. Hey, but if they beat number one Houston on Saturday, does that make it exceed expectations? Or I would agree. 
Like if, if you if you win the AAC tournament, then you yes. exceeded expectations. There's nothing else they can do right now to exceed expectations. Right. As again, as we yeah. talked about yes last night with Justin, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Right now, this team is properly rated. I think if we had Kyle Bolden playing <laughs> yeah. playing yeah. hoops, that we would we would probably be battling for the number one overall seat. But, you know, some things just don't work out that way. Probably also be battling for the most ejections. In- <laughs> <laughs> Will Newman play in the tournament, or is he redshirting for sure and coming back? If Newman and Rob don't get hurt, how many more wins would you guess we have? Newman is not coming back. He's not cleared. He has not practiced. Um, is he redshirting and for sure coming back? Don't know. Don't have that answer. Um, I don't know why he keeps putting two ends in Newman. New man, new man in it. Um, how many more wins with, with Newman and Rob? Three. I'll go three. Brent, and probably a big one. Probably one of the big ones. Three. Well, then they're turn they're right there on the on the cusp for a tournament. On the bubble, which is what we said. I mean, you'd probably be on the right side of the tournament. Because three, three wins. On the three. If if it's Northern and ECU, that doesn't move the needle any. Northern ECU and I think we Temple. beat Houston. I mean, just take you'd be right there. You beat Houston though, and then maybe you should have gotten one of the ones from Memphis, and then you still dropping one to NKU or ECU. So You're right. NKU's uh, a party team, man. Stop Quality it. Loss. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Uh, any news um, on the next apparel deal since no. <laughs> well, I mean, you know why people are asking this because I know, I know, but but Bearcat Rich, if don't you think if I had news on the next apparel deal, I would Ravon, be that shit across every platform on the planet to be Ravon the first... set Ravon set Bearcat's Twitter on fire with his edit that he had made where it's the the cat's jersey, which they wouldn't have the rights to, by the way. Um, the cat's jersey put with a Jordan logo and they had the, the Jordan ones in the background. I tried showing Chad on Sunday. <laughs> it was uh, certainly there to break the internet, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wes quoted that he thinks Jizzle is a top point guard in the class. Do you agree? If no, is he top five? Um, that's always tricky right now. Because like combo guards get included in um, point guards, like the point guards, like uh, let's let's look. So Collier Dillingham, he's number nine in the rankings. He's number nine in the rankings. Um, I have not seen. Layden Blocker that's going to Arkansas. I really liked what I saw of Miro Little. I really liked Aiden Holloway. Uh, I really like Amarco Jackson. I don't think Robert Dillingham is a point guard. Um, I would maybe move Jizzle up a spot or two, but probably just outside the top five, which is still... Really good. You get the number six or number seven point guard in the country. Everybody's looking for a point guard. 
you get a top 10 guy, that's recruiting your ass off. That's what I'll say to that. Yeah, you just got to look at the teams. I'm, I mean, the top NIL in your ass off. Um, all, all yeah, top I mean, you don't, you don't need a ton of NIL for a kid that his family has, you know. I know. I'm just being a, a Hall of Fame NFL generational <laughs> wealth. <laughs> like, Edger and James made a lot of fucking money. <laughs> he did. He was good, Ryan, I remember. Ryan, what, did you laugh halfway through this last question as Chad was looking stuff up because you looked up the Rayvon Griffith edit? No. I've already I didn't seen see the Rayvon Griffith edit. Okay. But... What is it? I, well, I just saw Ryan laugh as we had just been talking about the Rayvon Griffith edit, and I, I didn't know if he was <laughs> looking that up. No, I laughed because I laughed because Bolden texted me and he's listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. when are we gonna get him on and just have a absolute disaster of a night? Oh, it's just dude, he'll do we'll it. We'll sit out. We'll sit out, and Ryan and Kyle will just. Kyle would be a great. Bolden Kyle come on now, Dana Beer style. Just end we'll make pod. we'll make Brent moderate, and it's just gonna be Brent <laughs> there he and is. Royer. <laughs> And I'll He's pop in from time to time. Every every what ten minutes we got to finish a beer. And I'll I'll look up graphics and and a non Bolden's in the chat. Look at the boy. Hey. <laughs> All right. Kyle, uh, soon, soon, Kyle, soon. That's oh. the basketball portion of the mailbag. Oh. And yep, yeah, no, no. Bolden and Royer do uh, beer Olympics outside pro day. <laughs> Bolden, it'll be like that night at Mike's house, bro. We'll do it like that. And everybody inside is going to be like, "Where is Brendel just not covering pro day? And I'm like, I got something better. Like, like if you guys have fun. What, what about JP also? John Peter? No, uh, is, it, is it? What's the, the dude is? No, Ty. Sponsor. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking. Ty's, Ty, Ty's, oh, yeah. Ty's mild. Ty's, Ty's, Ty's mid. In Ty comparison to Royer and Bolden, Ty's mid. When I, when Ty I has a lot into... of good stories. He has a great memory. He remembers shit all, yeah. all the shit. No, no, no. Game. I'm talking about like Ty in a in a beer Olympics. Oh. When I ran into Ty and Kyle on my way down to the field last season, uh, it was – I'm not sure which one was more drunk. <laughs> yeah, Bolden loved Bolden loved pregame in those games, man. We'll just say that. <laughs> All right, uh, and then the uh, the banks portion of the mailbag, which I do have. Correct. I did not see uh, the banks one today, so this is new to me. All right. Well, happy birthday, Kelly! Rapid fire: first Bad Boys film or first Men in Black film? Men in Black. Bad Boys. Haven't seen either of them. More sugar. All right. Sugar. That was Men, Men in Black. Men the first Black. Men in Black was awesome. Uh, if you were a wrestler, would you want to be a hero or a heel? Really? You know, Chad, Chad's a heel. Really? Really? Is heel a villain? A villain? Villain, like the bad guy, yeah. Good it, it guy or bad guy? A, vi a villain, yes. Yeah, a, villain. <laughs> a civilian. <laughs> shambles. He is in shambles today. It's 
because he put the white hat back on, man. <laughs> yep, yeah. If he if he was wearing the white hat, he would be a hero. But today he is a villain. Yes, <laughs> <A> civilian. <laughs> Beta man. <laughs> Beta. Let's go. Alpha. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, you got you got hero or villain? I'll go hero. <laughs> He's mean mugging. <laughs> I, I would I, I would say hero as well. My face hurts from this show. I'm absolutely I'm a hero, hundred percent. But and, my uh, hero, are you mo- my hero? So long that I become a villain. Make him say, "Oh, na 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 That's Brent's entrance music. Bum, 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 are you are bum, you more bum, are you more? Bum, bum. God damn it. Are you more scared of heights or tight spaces slash enclosed spaces? Heights. 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 Yeah. I get a little. Heights. I get a little vertigo-y on on heights to a certain point. Follow up question, like, Chad. Yeah. Like Follow up question, Chad. Have you picked out Kelly's gift? So initially, I want your guys' opinion on this. So maybe you can help me decide, Ryan. So what I I, I did is I threw it out to the people. I said, here's the GoFundMe. Anything that comes into the GoFundMe over the next four days, uh, I will use to buy a birthday present for Kelly from the BCJ community. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, she was was talking about uh, getting some really nice sheets. Because she's going to be, like, when we get her home, it's going to take a while to get her back up on her feet. Um so she was like, ah, some new sheets sound good. We're at about $1,600, $1,700 that people have donated, which I have found can either buy a couple pairs of really nice sheets. I've also found this company that does like the um, the sheets for like, uh, like the high-end hotels, mm. which I never imagined this. But they have sheets that cost like $5,000. <laughs> yep, that's good. Right? Like Egyptian, like thread. Silk, diesel like silk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So then she mentioned today, like an iRobot, like a, one of the vacuum, like robot vacuum cleaners. Oh, yeah. So do, you, do you think we should go with sheets or like one of the higher end, like, robot vacuum cleaner so when she gets home she doesn't have to like worry about you know like doing the cleaning that's that's an easy answer everything i've heard about those things is they're a bit of a letdown though unless they've been doing some upgrades so if you're expecting it to vacuum if you're expecting it to vacuum carpet well you're going to be disappointed but if we have hardwood outside of a rug gold uh, as long as you don't have dogs that shit on the floor, otherwise, you're going to no, have, we have dogs that sh- we have a dog that sheds everywhere. Shedding is shit. fine. Shitting shit is, is the problem. No, if, you have an an, if you have if you have an animal what? that shits on the floor, you're going to have an investment ruined. I what is firsthand experience? <laughs> <laughs> that dumbass robot ate ate the shit ate right the up and <laughs> picked it on up. They're 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 not smart enough yet. Robot dumb. <laughs> oh. So it tastes good. <laughs> so here's what I'll say on sheets. Um, 
So when she had her first transplant back in uh, the spring of 2018, I went and, and got a really nice set. They were like, I think they were like 320 bucks. A really nice set of like Egyptian sheets, Egyptian cotton, like high thread count sheets. And when I put those sheets on our bed, we had we had been normal people, right? You buy like the seventy five hundred dollar, uh, you know, set of sheets, and they're just they're okay, like they they serve the purpose. And then we put those three hundred and fifty dollar sheets on the bed when she got home from the hospital, and we both crawled into that bed for the first time that night, and we're like, oh, this is why people spend. A lot of fucking money on sheets <laughs> because it changes your sleep experience and sleep is pretty fucking important. And at that point in time, she needed as much rest as, as humanly possible. We sense have, um, do you, are you guys familiar with sheiks? No. So it's sheiks. a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's they're, they're like a dry fit, like high end, uh, athletic quality dry fit sheets mm. and they keep you cool and they like you don't sweat and they're they're awesome we've used sheiks ever since we bought the first pair of sheiks um but i've looked like in our price range what we're looking at like you could we could probably get two sets of sheets for like 700 bucks each which would get us right up to that like 1500 range and that way you've always got, like, you take one off, you wash it, you put one on, and then when it's time, you know, 10 days, two weeks, I think that's about the right time for sheets, right? Two weeks? Some people say a week. We do every uh, week. In college, I would do every four months sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> college, I didn't even use a sheet for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're, we're pretty much down. like every two weeks, like every two weeks we change the sheets. You're a but if you get two, man. if you get two sets, then you just got one that you put on. You take the other one, you throw it in the washer, then you've got them ready for when it's like, all right, we need to change sheets. Um, so make like I don't know the cost of the 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 vacuum things. Maybe we could do like a. A twelve hundred dollar vacuum and like a five hundred dollar set of sheets, where she gets one of each. I mean, they're you can get them for like three, four hundred bucks. Oh, really? Point. Good ones, yeah. like good ones. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's basically just getting the dust and fur off your floor, off your hardwood. Okay. We have the great. No, I have great pillows. Like we found these bamboo sheet pillows or like bamboo pillows that are phenomenal. That I love, um, and she loves too. So uh, maybe maybe it's a mix of uh, a really nice set of sheets and the the vacuum that that takes care of Olivia. And the final question in the mailbag: Are there any interesting items that coaches had that were superstitious? I'm going to assume this is largely aimed at you, Ryan. That stupid fucking team <laughs> sweater vest. 
or vest. <laughs> <laughs> the wannabe Jim Trestle sweater vest. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to upgrade it. He tried to stylize it where it was the like, dry, like the little dry yeah, tech. The dry fit. Yeah, the dry tech sweater vest. Uh, I think that might be it that all I that we all had it since he I mean my my coach in high school never wore pants and it would be like negative 20 degrees out he'd wear shorts in every game that's about the only other tradition I have experience with I thought but, you just meant it like, in, like yeah, he, boxers yeah he, had, he had his C and his C and B was out <laughs> <laughs> Calling plays. I just wanted you to say he wore like a singlet to practice or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be thick, like wrestling thick. Oh, he just yeah. wore his, his, his singlet out to practice. Yep. <laughs> that Picturing be... that is hysterical. <laughs> Screaming his ass off of you in a, in a fucking singlet. <laughs> well, you know if he did it, Brady would often do it, right? <laughs> It would be both him and Brady next to each other in matching singlets. The Steiner brothers. We've <laughs> joked about them as the Steiner brothers before. And they wouldn't wear headphones. They'd have those little helmet things. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the wrestling helmets. Oh, that's so they the didn't get cauliflower ear. That's the mailbag. Get us out of here, bro. What a great show. My face hurts. That was fun. <sighs> AAC tournament is this weekend, believe it or not. <laughs> Basketball coming to you Friday, 3.30, Temple Owls. Um, there nope. is spring practice uh, for the football team, also on Wednesday and on Thursday. Aaron so Friday right. Friday should be interesting. I've got radio. I'm in for Mo at 3 o'clock on Friday. So I'm going to be live on air watching the UC Temple game. Which is just going to be stream of consciousness, right? Like the way Temple's been playing the, UC over the last two we're years. We're just going to all watch the game together. There there's there's going to be no sports talk. Barstool energy. You need Frank the Tank on there to to do well, a hot dog review. Oh yeah. I, I think the thing is like like well, no iHeart owns iHeart owns the rights to the, the radio broadcast. So In, invite invite Bangalorean and Austin into the studio to watch together. Oh man. <laughs> but we will have practice. Sorry, but good radio. You should try doing our best Frank the Tank impersonation. We I didn't really catch that. Those are pretty good, man. Yeah. Did you have Mets are done? Done, done. Or did the, the Mets, the Dolphins. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, yeah, uh, basketball, football this week, fully fully loaded week of content. Make sure you stay tuned in to BCJ, BearcatJournal.com. Um, and everything else uh we'll, we'll get it all to you here but yet again for my broadcast partners quick shout out as well to danco transmission and out of care shout out as well to quick paper supply but for my broadcast partners friends pals aaron smith chad breno and ryan royer i am brent young yet again another fantastic bbp presented by bearcatjournal.com see ya